It's news to us. You're live on Adobe radio and, uh, another show. Hi everybody. We took a few weeks Hi. off, but, uh, here we are, uh, with another episode. Uh, I think Hello I have world. either a little bit of a head cold or a lot of COVID. I'm not sure. I don't think it's COVID, but who knows? You never know. Right. You get, yeah. a, you get the sniffles and then you don't, you're just like freaked out. Yeah. So I'm having trouble breathing. So if I, I'll try not to make disgusting noises into the microphone, but no, guarantees. maybe it's brain herpes. That could also be, that's a possibility. That's a possibility. Chris says here, that's Chris. Uh, Jason's here too. Yo. And uh, on its news to us this week, is democracy in danger? That's the question. But would we even ask that question yes. if the answer Good is night. no? Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's it. Bye, everybody. Uh, that's all you need to know. Um, also, uh, we're going to talk to a politically charged punk rock band called Debt Neglector. And uh, they are passionate about politics. And we play them on Adobe Radio. So I figured it'd be fitting to bring them on. It's news to us. The only that's show awesome. that uh, deals with these topics has the balls uh, to deal with these uh, major topics. No, that's not even true. There's other shows that talk about this stuff. But uh, anyways, let's start the show. That's the most important part. It's news to us. Adobe Radio. Like I said, we are live on Adobe Radio the week of November 29th. Happy holidays to everybody. It's the thick of the holiday season now, right? So um, here we are. Jason has Christmas in his background. We see Christmas. It's beautiful. I love Christmas. It's, gotta it's be- a wonderful time of, time of year. It is. It really it is. is. Jason has a big ass Christmas tree behind him. It looks like it puts Rockefeller Center to shame. Mm, Look at that thing. Love that. It's glorious. I love the <laughs> scale he's using. Like it's probably an average size tree, but but through Hollywood magic, it looks enormous. He's good at t- taking where, angles. Dwarfing him. He's good at taking it angles, pictures you, of things. You know. Yeah, it depends on where you measure the tree. Yeah, like other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do you measure measure from the base? Or no, from the prostate. Yeah. From the basement. Yeah. Well, um, you know, we got to jump right into Dirty Deets. We, we can't have all these dick jokes because we have to get to our guests here in just like 10 minutes. So if you have shag carpet, you have to push the carpet aside to make sure that you measure from the floor <laughs> when you're talking about tree height. Right. Thank you. Eddie, that, that's scientific. Gonna, yeah. How about an audible? How about we do Dirty Deets after our guest? Maybe we do a little uh, catch up with us and, you know, have some little bit of fun before we talk to our guest. All right, fine. Uh, we could do that, but uh, you made him so uncomfortable. This, this, this better be good and go ahead. Well, time you know, for Jason. Uh, when you segment. open the show. <laughs> yeah. When you open the show, what? you, uh, yeah, you said that you were feeling a little down and we took three weeks off and I feel like I need to say why we took the three weeks off because it was my fault or because of me uh um, there were some my fam oh go ahead yeah my family uh my family uh contracted covid so we were dealing with oh, covid God. for a couple weeks so you uh, my daughter got your daughter your girlfriend all got it at once yeah i never tested positive but um they both did and kinsey was the first to get ill with your it. daughter she had a fever and my daughter, yeah. Um, and then a couple days later, Katie got sick and she went down for four or five days where she wasn't feeling good and slept the whole time and 
Uh, you know, she was vaccinated and thank God she was. Uh, I will just say that if she had not been vaccinated, who knows what would have happened, right? Katie, you know, yeah, could have been a lot worse. So, yeah, and you vaccinated, that's why we and boosted, which is interesting. I was boosted at the end of October, so I think that's what kind of saved me from getting too sick. I did have symptoms, but I tested five times total and I've tested negative every time. What what kind of symptoms did you have? Um, personally, I had a sore throat and I uh, developed a cough. Uh, my daughter had a fever, uh, cough and congestion. And then Katie um, was very, very sleepy for three days where she slept pretty much the whole time and then got congested and then got a cough after. But she never had a fever. So when you joke that you are having like congestion, like I really thought Kenzie was okay. And then she started having a fever. Like it's, it was that subtle. We thought it was like allergies or, you know, maybe a cold and then nope, it was COVID. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going around, uh, obviously. And, uh, actually you caught it at the same time as another Adobe show, rockstar dad show, who we actually just had on, as our last show that we had, ironically, was Rockstar oh, well, really? Dad as guests. And uh, they both got COVID around the same time you did. Wow. Um, were now they... it's passing through the internet. I guess God. so. These these <laughs> Zoom calls aren't even safe now. Uh, I hope they recovered fully. Last I heard, I think they're doing well. So uh, good. Vaccinated, is, you know, so. How's the family now, Jason? Um, everyone is good. Uh, Kenzie's uh, returned to school. Um, we need to schedule a vaccine for her. Um, she can like be had symptoms the day after they approved kids for the vaccine, mm. which was ill timing, right? Like, we went through yeah. the whole pandemic uh, without an issue, and then boom, right when she could get a vaccine, she got it. Um, Katie's uh, pretty much better, and we need to get her scheduled for a booster as well. So, and but, it, you know, yeah. Well, I was gonna say we're super careful. Like we yeah, wear I was masks, say that. we wash our hands. Like we're very diligent, and you know, we still got it. So it can happen to anyone. I, I urge and I plead with everyone listening: please wear a mask, please wash your hands, get vaccinated if you have not, get your booster if you can, just do everything you can. Protect yourself, protect your loved ones. That was my PSA. Yeah, I mean, it, it's super scary. Like you said, you guys have been really careful. It's not like you guys are going to crowded public places. Um, in fact, I've had to drag you out of your house a couple times to go sit outside at a restaurant. Um, and it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair, you know, and it still got you. And, and when you have a kid, that's definitely a, a wild card in it situation that's completely out of your control. Do you think that's how it, it happened? I mean, or do you still not really know? Oh, you said there was a Halloween th- thing you went to maybe. Yeah, we did a Halloween party and everyone there's uh, got sick as well. So I think maybe we were the source of the sickness there, but I don't know. You never know. Cause that they got sick after us. Well, um, it's just a reminder. Katie we got it from yeah. uh, school is what I'm thinking. You think Katie got it, it from sounds school? like, can like uh, your daughter probably brought it home from school just because, like you said, she got it like a day before they announced, you know, or cleared kids to be able to get the vaccine or whatever. So, you know, schools are still, 
you know, high risk areas as of, you know, right now. And certainly when your daughter got sick and then, you know, probably got you and your wife sick and you didn't know and you went to a Halloween party and yeah. Right. Very unfortunate chain of events, but I'm glad you guys are uh, all feeling better. And, you know, I, I certainly wish that uh, Katie and Kenzie hadn't gotten sick, but I'm at least glad that uh, you didn't get too ill, Jason. And most important, I'm glad everybody is uh, feeling better. Yeah, we're all on the men. We're very fortunate. Like yeah. the outcomes aren't always that way. Yeah. Which is well, really the, the mind fuck of all of it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Some people get super sick and die from this. Other people don't have any symptoms whatsoever. Like that's the fucked up thing of all of that. In yeah. my opinion. Yeah. You, you just well, don't know. You don't know. <clears throat> For whatever it's worth to hopefully lighten the mood a little bit. I had a really good Thanksgiving. Um, my wife and my friends surprised me uh, on uh, uh, Monday last week. Uh, my wife had been saying for like a week or two that you know, like, hey, we should go hang out in Chicago again for like a day or two. And uh, unfortunately, my work dropped a, a uh, uh, extra shift on me. And uh, I didn't know my wife had made special plans, but uh, we still were able to go to Chicago on Monday and we had brunch reservations and um, it was a restaurant on the second story. And we rode an escalator up and we were looking out the big picture window at the city. And I turn around and my uh, two of my friends from Denver were riding up the escalator. Oh, they cool. came out to, uh, to surprise me. My wife arranged for all that. So I was able to hang out with them on Monday. And we had a Friendsgiving and hung out Wednesday after work and all day yesterday. So uh, that's cool. That was pretty fun. Yeah. It, it wasn't us, though. It was not uh, the EJC <laughs> crew. EJC. Mm. What's that? Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's news to us. <laughs> Formerly known as EJC. Uh, right. Right. Uh, well, we better since, uh, yeah, we're doing things a little bit differently, but who cares? Nobody really knows how we do things. Nobody cares. Uh, we're going to get to our guest in just a second here, debt neglector. And then uh, we do have to get to the dirty deets and a few other odds and ends to get to as well. Like there's a family with 115 Christmas trees. We could talk about that. Mm. Um, a lot of trees. There is a guy who climbed into the landing gear of an airplane and tried to uh, hitch a ride. Another guy. Don't do that. Yeah, you probably not. And a lot of weird stuff happening at airports. Another guy, he got uh, naked at the TSA checkpoint and started masturbating. We could talk about that. Um, so a lot of weird things going on. So, so much to get to. Uh, jam-packed show. <laughs> we'll be right back with our guests on its news to us. Hang on. Oh, okay. Pressing the this computer is not authorized to play <laughs> the. <laughs> okay, whatever. It's saying that I can't play the commercial. The, yeah. computer, mm. the computer is not authorized to play the, commer- the commercial. That's really weird. Skynet is real. The Matrix is taking over, etc. And if I try a different one, I don't know. My dogs are fighting yeah, right we're now. We're live. Sorry. We're back. I said we're live. Come on. Sorry. What's wrong with you? Uh, it's news Dude. to us. We're back here live on Adobe Radio. And uh, our guest is Alex from the band Debt Neglector that we started to play here on Adobe a little back. A little while back, a uh, band that 
uh, in their new album is kind of dealing with a lot of the topics we've been talking about on the show over the past year or so or longer. Uh, it's politically charged, and also they've gotten involved with some nonprofit organizations we can talk about as well. Uh, Alex, how's it going, man? Welcome to the show. It's going good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, so, oh, you got a Christmas tree going on behind you. That's cool. Oh, yeah, Happy course. holidays. Yeah, same to you. Or is the war on Christmas something that you're passionate about? <laughs> <laughs> I love Christmas, man. I get in the spirit. Like uh, after Thanksgiving, I always go get a tree from one of the places up the road. And I don't know. I like the way it makes the house smell. And I don't know. Holidays cheer me up. So. Right. Yeah. Everybody loves the holiday season. I mean, most people do. Some don't. It can be kind of stressful for some, I guess. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, you got to like, uh, if you don't go along with it, you're, you're really going to be in for a rough road. So I, I, you just have to kind of surrender to this time of year. I feel like. absolutely. Uh, you got to embrace the vibe, man. Like it's yeah. the vibe. It's nothing else but the vibe, like mm-hmm. just positivity, like the world that we're living in seems so negative. Like, yeah, that's what I love about this time of year right now. Like the last five years is just the vibe of being hopeful. Right. I think it's easy to be cynical right now. I think like um, the world is pretty dark at times, but, you know, I think the holidays are a good time to get together with family and stuff like that. And uh, I don't know. It's I just always look forward to it. Plus, we're in Florida and it's hot as hell. So it's like <laughs> it finally cools down for a little bit and I can, you know, leave the house without drip being drenched in sweat every day. So, you know, that's kind of nice, too. How the hell do you put up with living in Florida, by the way? Um I mean, just, ba- just based on, okay, <laughs> air conditioning. Sure. Yeah. But I mean, the, with the, based on your, your album and, uh, your full length album, dirty water, there's a song, um, as well, uh, about, uh, that topic we could talk about in a second, but in general, it seems like you're not the type of person that would want to live in Florida. <laughs> um, you know, Florida is okay. It's, it's good and bad. Um, it, it, like I said, the w- extremely hot, um, which is which is not fun, but you know, I, I got an inflatable swimming pool in the past couple of years that I put out in my yard and <laughs> try to cool off in the summer a little bit, you know, and just you just try to shelter from it a little bit. Um, but yeah, Florida politically is also not the 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 best place to be right now. I feel like our governor has been actively trying to fucking kill us. Uh, I'm a public school teacher, so um, mm. oh wow. He's, open the schools, no mask mandates yeah. and all that stuff. And it's like, you feel very, um, I don't know, just like thrown into the fire a little bit um, with the way think they've handled COVID down here. Um, and it, it makes you feel a little bit crazy. I'm not going to lie. When governor DeSantis says something like that, no, no masks, everybody go back to school. What's uh, Jason, uh, you could, you're about to say something. Sorry, but you could, uh, you're, uh, we're on a bit of a delay. Well, but when uh, yeah. I have a quick question, then go ahead, Jason. <clears throat> when 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 DeSantis says that, um, and you go to school, what is the feeling like with the your your colleagues? Do you think is it are they mostly on the side of DeSantis, or are most of them feeling like they're also in the line of fire? I think most of them feel um, sort of thrust into this. Um, I mean, there's, and it's not a hundred percent, you know, there's definitely some teachers that are like, Oh, we got to wear these masks and complain about it all the time. And I'm like, yeah, my mom is old and she has Parkinson's and I have to go over there and bring her groceries and take care of her. And I'm not trying to catch COVID and bring it to her. And you know what I mean? Like, so I have people who are high risk in my life, my other bandmates, 
have people who are high risk in their lives. And, and it feels very much like, um, go screw yourself, you know, you'll live probably, uh, you know, got to keep the economy humming, you know, you know, go babysit these kids so people can go to work. Um, it feels bad. I'm not going to lie. You feel undervalued as a human being, you know? Yeah. People seem to think it's only that, uh, you know, their lives that are, are affected and like, you know, that they're only their convenience or, 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 you know, rights or whatever are being affected. But like when you make decisions not to get vaccinated or not to wear masks, you know, you're you're making decisions for the people around you, too, that that the people around you didn't necessarily ask for you to make for them. Right. I think that's the scariest part about it. Um, And, you know, I don't want to sound overly cynical, but like, I feel like society in general feels more and more selfish to me um, every year. And there's all this, there's a lot of people out there who are, well, I don't care about, you know, who you have at home or what your health conditions may be. This is my freedom and I have a right to do whatever I want. And, and it sucks, man. Like it's, it just feels bad, you know? Yeah. 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 like Ayn Rand idea of like number one always comes first is really just like welded itself to to the far right in this country and it's just become this omnipresent like ascendant notion and it just gets worse every year. Right. No, I absolutely agree. Now, um, you said you worked for a school in the Florida in Florida, I know a lot of like districts push back. Um, are you part of one of those school districts that push back and required staff and students to wear a mask? Right. Yeah. So, um, we had to, so we required everyone to wear masks and then, um, obviously DeSantis was trying to push back on that. Um, they were threatening to withhold pay from the school board and from, from other people. Um, but, you know, they said, hey, we're going to we're going to mandate them and we don't care what happens. And they pretty much assumed that DeSantis would lose in court over that. Um, so but now the mask mandates are kind of gone. You don't need to opt out at all anymore. Oh, hey, my cat. <laughs> nice cat. <laughs> um, and and, you know, people are wearing less and less masks. The kids don't even need to bring a note from their doctor or anything about not wearing a mask anymore. And it's it's just sort of like things are wide open down here again. And and I'm still wearing a mask to the grocery store and I'm still wearing one at work and all these things, but we're seeing less and less of them. Um, and I guess cases are down, but now there's a new variant and all this shit. It's just like, it feels like it's never going to end. When you now is, is Florida like reporting cases correctly? Like that's one of the arguments that we see. Um, Eddie and I are both here in Colorado and, and I have people that argue with me and like, look at Florida. Like they did it right. They have, immunity now because they you know remove the mask mandates and that but i feel like they're florida's under reporting is that is that true do you think that the cases and deaths are being under reported i mean Florida? i think jason like uh i don't that's i think that was uh that's a news story that we covered that they they the the reporting of cases has not been accurate there i think that's been proven Right. But right. I want to I, I want to hear from him. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, as far as I know, that is that is the, the case is that they have not been reporting accurately or timely um, about what's going on. Um, and and it's, it's like, where do you get information if like the, you know, the people in charge of the state don't want to give you the information, you know? Right. Like and now go ahead. 
it's just unbelievable. Like to me, like, like how does that make you feel as a resident of Florida? Like, I I don't even know. Like, I can't even put into words like how frustrating that has to be. Oh, like, it's how frustrated I would be. Yeah, I mean, it feels terrible, but it also feels like, you know, what do you do in a situation like this? Do you just you move away and you abandon? you know, whatever family you have here and whatever ties you have. So you can go live somewhere that's more aligned with your beliefs or do you stay in the shitty thick of it and, you know, try to make things better and, you know, be a voice of reason in a swamp of insanity, you know? So yeah. um, I guess I'm using the latter right now, but who knows? Maybe I'll, yeah. at some point. <laughs> reason only gets you so far if right. people aren't interested in listening. Exactly. I mean, you right. did start a band, and your your you guys, you know, in your songs, you talk about things like this. Like you guys are standing up, and I think that is like right. like you said, you can't abandon it. You have to stand up. You have to fight for what's right. Yeah, I've spent most of my life here, and and um, but and I think I think using music as an outlet to at least vent my frustrations is good. We always try to do something altruistic with our releases like um the new record we're doing some fundraising for since the record's called dirty water um this, there's a song called dirty water about the flint water crisis um so we are raising money for a couple of organizations up in flint michigan that are helping out kids up there and stuff like that who've been affected by the, the lead and all the stuff that was in the uh the water up in there um and you know we tried we raised money for the Senate races in, in Georgia last year with a release we did. And, you know, I, I think using music as a vehicle for positive political change is something that like I've always really loved. You know, I, I grew up in a scene in Florida where we were doing food, not bombs. Um, and I didn't do it a ton, but I went and volunteered and, you know, we'd go feed the homeless down by Lake Eola and stuff like that. And, and it just always felt like we were raising money for this charity or this organization. Um, so I just feel like punk rock can be a really powerful thing to get people involved and get people aware of, you know, injustices around them. What uh, greater subject do you teach? Are your students impressed at all with, with your uh, musical career or do they know about it or, or what's their. I, I try to keep all that separate. I work at a, I actually work at an elementary school for um, kids with behavior issues. So we have a lot of like special education kids, a lot of kids, you know, who have been unsuccessful at their homeschool. And so we're like a, a charter school specifically for these kids who are struggling, you know, and it's a really high poverty population. Um, I'm actually out of the classroom right now and I pull kids out and work with them one-on-one -on -one and do some other things. But, um, you know, when I was in the classroom, I always try to keep it separate because I didn't want them finding my curse words and my lyrics. <laughs> and my right. Yes. You know, uh, just felt better. To keep, keep it separate. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, food not bombs was a uh, was a great movement there. Yeah, that was a that was really awesome. Really, you know, really emblematic of what uh, punk can do and be at its best. Right, and it's direct action in right. the city to like, hey, we're gonna feed people like that. What's wrong with that? That's good, you know. And we'd be be down at Lake Eola, and the cops would come hassle us and be like, "You can't be, you know, feeding people here." And we're like, "We're just giving food to people who are literally starving and homeless. Like, why are you gonna come try to kick us out of the park? Like, that's you know." But you know, it's 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 sad. <laughs> yeah. What a meaningless exercise, like. What a, what a stupid way to flex like oh, to right, exactly. and like 
to like kick on people who who were doing that. Like, yeah, come on, come on. I know. <laughs> well, we have a little bit of uh, your song here. Oh, we'll play the whole thing in a second, but here's a bit of Dirty Water. Got the music video. Awesome, man. We're going to play the whole thing here in uh, just a little bit, but uh, that's part of the lyric video for Dirty Water. You can find uh, that lyric video, of course, on YouTube and um, um, on the Bandcamp. There's a link there as well. But what's where do you guys like to send people? Maybe you should tell us. Where should we go? Um, Bandcamp's always good. Um, I think Smart Punk is doing a sale still for Cyber Monday and Black Friday, whatever. I think it may end tonight, but I think the records are like 30% off today if people are listening now. So, nice. Yeah. And you guys are playing a few shows with the band Virginity as well, right? Yeah, we got shows in January. It's uh, Dikembe and Virginity and us. We're, we're all doing like, it's like four Florida shows. It's like a little Florida tour. Um, we've all released music since COVID and haven't been able to play much. So it was like, Hey, let's do like kind of a record release tour, you know, around the state so that we could, you know, get out there and play places we haven't played in a little while. So I'm really looking forward to that. So you've done this since 2016, right? That's when yeah. this started. Okay. Uh, how many years is that? Can somebody do the math for me? That's like uh, 18 years, right? 18 yeah, years. <laughs> something, something like that. Feels like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when you first started to do it in 2016, what was the initial goal and what is, what's like the mood now? Has that changed over time or is it still pretty much the same? I, I think it did change. I think um, it started out sort of like, I need, I want to start a new band with some new people who like, you know, I've, I've been playing in bands for 25 years. I've just turned 40. So I've been at it for a while. Congratulations. Um, but but uh, yeah. So um, I wanted to start a band with some new people who are like excited to go out and like play out of town and do some little tours and stuff like that. Um, not trying to do like a full-time band thing, but like, you know, a lot of the people I'd played with in the past were sort of like getting older and feeling like, eh, I don't feel like doing that anymore. Getting so it was out. like, let's start fresh, something new, you know, let's just see what we can do. Um, and like, since then it's like, we've, gone to play festivals in Canada. Like we did a little tour in Europe. Um, you know, this is our second full length. We have a couple of EPs out. Like it's way far exceeded any of my goals and expectations really for, for what it was when it began. And it, and it, it bums me out. Like, cause I'm like, man, if COVID hadn't robbed us of like a year and a half, like we probably right. could have done a lot more stuff in this, you know, I mean, that's like a third of our length as a band, you know, that was taken from us, you know? Oh. Yeah. That's really hard. Um, 
I mean, uh, if, especially for bands that are, are, are sort of like trying to get out there and spread the word. I mean, there is no opportunity to do that. It's not like you could do a live stream that people are going to pay for. Maybe a few would, I mean, you guys have fans obviously, but there's not right. going to be, you just need a live crowd that, and probably that's where you would build your audience and all that. And I think, I honestly think that the only way to really get big anymore, not big, whatever, uh, is to go out and play for people and tour and reach people in their city. You know what I mean? Um, I think, I think that's, that's the real way to make a connection with people. Um, and you know, without being able to tour, it's like, you know, how do you make a connection with people and, and established bands can do those like live streams where, Hey, I'm going to charge 10 bucks and you're going to watch us play you know, someplace, but you know, for us, that, that doesn't feel like one of our shows, you know what I mean? Like I, I would like a more intimate, sweaty in-person thing, you know, like that's, I feel like that's where you would enjoy our set, you know, not in some sterile, like through your computer environment, you know? Are you guys working on uh, doing uh, a larger tour, like outside of the state of Florida? We we haven't talked at length about it. Um, we actually had a had a tour booked um, the summer that COVID hit, uh, and we had to cancel all of it. Um, we haven't even got to announce it yet. But um, but yeah, we haven't talked at length about our exact plans for next year. Um, we're still semi hesitant to like put a lot of effort into booking something, only to possibly have it fall apart. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, we're, we're we're having discussions about about what we want to do. Um, next year sort of now it's how are a you bitch to look a year yeah. ahead when you can't even who knows what next month is bringing exactly you know yeah. and then I'm, you hear about this other variant and i'm just yeah. like not again <laughs> I, uh, yeah this thing's gonna be with us for a long time which really mm-hmm. is horrible and like uh when i was reading something and it was yeah. saying something about how this variant could be good because it may be like less lethal i mean it's so early that who knows but like if more people catch it somehow it'll build up everyone's immunities better i don't know interesting uh, that's interesting and i mean that's that uh, i thought that was part of um the whole thing too is when the variants happen they're supposed to be less and less potent uh but i guess uh, when you have a novel virus like they think they don't want to say that um but they do here and there so nobody really knows what's right. going on that's the scariest thing Plus, well, Delta like, was an ass kicker, so yeah, you, know, you can't right. you yeah. can't say you know right. definitively what's going to happen with these variants just because there's a trend in the past with other viruses, right? Right, and but this in and of itself, like the stress of living through a time where we all have to like be like amateur scientists, yeah. like trying to read this information and like, is it safe to play shows in two months? I don't know, like you know what I mean, like the, yeah. every every decision you make has this like moral and ethical implications that like booking a punk show didn't have two years ago. So now it's like, Oh crap. If we play there, what's their mask policy? And yeah, you know what I mean? Like there's just, there's other layers of, I guess, anxiety for me um, about doing anything right now. You know, would you play a venue that um, says no vaccine policy, no mask policy? Um, probably not, not right now. Um, it's gotta be a hell no, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, what does the world look like? Is it, is it better? Is it three months from now? Like we made the mistake. I wouldn't, I don't know if it's a mistake, but we made the mistake of 
we agreed to shows last summer um, that were happening this fall when things were really looking good when vaccines were rolling out and cases right. were way down. And, and then the show started coming up and like, even like fest, what we played in Gainesville, it was like, should we be doing this? Like, is it okay? Is it safe? Like I know they're requiring vaccines from all the bands and I know they're requiring masks and negative tests from all the people, but is it still safe? You know what I mean? Just like, just having to worry about all of that with everything. It's, it's just a lot, you know what I mean? And it's, it's a lot for people attending shows. It's a lot for people booking shows, you know, it's, you know, yeah, it's just crazy. <laughs> it really is. I mean, and, and it, it just doesn't stop. What do we, how, how are we like, we're like almost two years into this, which is so bizarre. Right. <clears throat> and uh, it's still affecting our lives in huge ways. Uh, we oh. we opened up the show. Jason was talking about how his whole family just got COVID. I mean, like everyone is being as safe as possible, social distancing, vaccinated, and uh, he just had to, to go through that, even being responsible. Um, I have a slight head cold right now, and I feel like I might be dying. I'm not sure. Could I die tomorrow? It's possible. I mean, like you don't know. These things go through your head. Like, oh my god, what if it becomes like a big thing. Um, well, I'm generally like a fairly anxious person. Like I have some anxiety issues in my life and who doesn't? I have allergies. So it's like, is it uh, allergies? I don't, I don't know. Cause I'll, my sinuses are always doing something stupid. Yeah. And every um, time you sneeze the last two years is like, Oh no, it, it feels like that moment in a zombie movie yeah. where somebody gets bit and they're scared and they don't tell anybody. Yeah. Or like they find out they're bleeding and then people look sweating. at them different. It's like, no, no, I'm fine. And then people come at them with the, yeah. you know, the axe right. or the shotgun or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I and would you say you can't um, even cough anymore without feeling. One thing like that like uh, ease your mind is uh, invest in some like COVID at home tests. I think that's huge, right? Like I think they're harder to get now, but you could probably get them online somewhere or at your local like pharmacy but those are huge like that's how we like we knew like the sniffles were COVID and we immediately took action from there right that's That's, where it all started that's a good tip I like that because I mean it's all about peace of mind and knowledge I mean yeah yeah when when last started uh, the county sent us all a bunch of uh, COVID tests so that like we could test staff and stuff like that um to try to keep people safe so when I, last year when i was feeling like oh, i'm a little under the weather i'd be like yo let me get one of those covid tests yeah and yeah i go to the office and take one and be like all right i'm good you know oh man especially for your line of work that's i yeah. mean yeah man well i we hope it all gets back together at some point by the way we didn't even talk about the nonprofit. so the song dirty water we played a little bit of we're gonna play the whole thing in just a second but uh 10 of the profits from the album sales Right. Are, are evenly split between two different foundations, correct? Yeah, the Flint Kids Fund and the Sylvester Broom Empowerment Village. They're okay. both uh, organizations that work with kids um, in the Flint, Michigan area where, you know, all those people were poisoned. Um, and, yeah. you know, the, the, the government there had an opportunity to fix things much faster than they did. And, you know, they chose to sort of like sit on the information and try to like cover their asses and it made it look so much worse than you know and and it was so much worse than it could have been um you know because of selfishness and 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 man talk about betrayal and talk about like you know water is one of these things that like it's one of our basic necessities um, it's a human right you know right that to come out of our tap and be like 
safe to drink and safe to give our kids. And like, man, to betray a community like that, like so deeply, it's like, God, you are assholes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I, one of the things when I was writing that song, it was like, it's been going on for so long. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like if, if we're supposed to be like the wealthiest country in the world or what I think China actually passed us recently in whatever metric I was reading, but um, you know, well, we can't even, we can't even fix the pipes in, in a city in America to, you know, so people, so their kids aren't getting cancer. You know what I mean? Like, like no, how ridiculous but, is that? But uh, Bezos can build penis rockets. That's a priority. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> like that is like the ultimate, like what is wrong with this country and world, you know? We're headed down. Doesn't a dark inspire path. a lot of hope moving into the uh, next decade or two as we face <laughs> hope. The what big, is that, Chris? The big conflict with uh, with climate change, uh, right? I mean, not not just climate change, but like you know, you talk about civil unrest. You know, I think you know why these right wing nut jobs are being so so successful right now is because. Partly because, you know, they want to be assholes and they want to be racists or whatever. But like people are unhappy and our economy sucks for working people. And, you know, I I think just growing discontent, you know, um, and I was really hopeful that electing Biden would sort of shift things to a more equitable society in some sort of way. But, man, I feel like he's dropping the ball really hard. And I feel like I feel like we're going to get wiped out in the midterms and i don't know it's scary <laughs> you know I, I i have to say like i feel a sense of optimism like i speak to you um and you know and we have it seems like we have very similar views and i think that there's more view like more people out there have the same view and i feel like there's a, a change in and what's happening right now sorry my dog's barking um <laughs> With like our like with uh you know uh, employees and and workers and like I know that they're going on strike against Amazon once again like I feel like the tide might be changing like people are having enough there's just people have had enough and I think that things may be changing not from um, politics but from the ground up which right. is I think the only way things will get better. No, I agree. I, I've been a proponent of. Um, I think like my own workplace, like I've been trying to tell them, I'm like, people aren't like, we've had some job openings because people have quit because it's been really hard to be a teacher that, you know, there's, there's thousands of job openings in Florida right now. So I'm like, you know what you need to do is you need to put out an ad paying this much more money. And I bet you, you will get applicants, you know, cause I, I feel like, I feel like money talks to people, you know, and I feel like, the workers have not been getting their share of things for such a long time that that's the only thing that's going to turn things around is like starting to share wealth with, you know, with employees in some sort of meaningful way, you know, stop being a um, communist. What's wrong with you? Stop I know, I know. Come on. but I've been trying to tell my bosses, I'm like, you need to put in an ad that says we're going to pay 52. Oh, what? $52,000. Jeez. Well, Bernie, okay. Bernie Sanders over here. Right. Well, so everybody, okay. Bare minimum, <laughs> you know, like this is the base pay. And I'm just like, no one wants to come here for the base pay. You know no. what I mean? Like, you know, you hey, want hey, someone good. Yeah. Hey, you work in the, the public sector and I, I work in the, the private sector and I feel the, the same way. Like, like 
you know, and I feel like with a school teacher, you know, you can get like people be like, well, I don't know. How are we going to raise taxes? Where are we going to get the money? But, you know, I work in an industry where we we are bringing in prisoners because we can't hire enough people, but they won't raise wages. And it's just this heel digging refusal, like, you know, for all this preaching about the virtues of capitalism and yet refusing to play by the rules that you've written. It's not even like wanting to change the rules. It's like, okay, this is like a basic, like elementary, like cost, uh, like, uh, Cost benefit. That's not the uh, phrase I'm looking for, but you know, supply and demand issue. Like, you know, the demand's high. You gotta, you gotta raise wages and then you'll get your workers. It's that just that simple. And, you know, uh, private companies, they just seem to be flat out refusing to, to do it. And then they cry, cry, cry all day. Like, Oh, why can't we find any help? (laughs) Right. I feel like things are starting to change though. Like, I think there's a lot of like bigger companies that are starting to pay more for those entry level positions. I mean, the, the, the flip side of that is, you know, everything's going to go up in cost because God forbid their profits take a hit and we got to, we, that needs to be addressed. But I think there's like a, there's a momentum for the, the worker that we really need to like get behind and really push because we're definitely in the majority. Right not the minority, like the wealth gap and the income gap, uh, right. Is that an all time high? Well, as, I think we really have a chance to like combat that. As soon as the pandemic struck, we saw, uh, essential workers being touted as being the backbone of society. And God forbid we have grocery workers and people who work at restaurants being out of work. And uh, these are the lowest paid people in all of society. And, um, you know, uh, we need, we need all this is just bullshit. Like they tell us we're not worth, so X amount of money and we just buy it because they're our, our, our corporate CEOs that we're supposed to bow down to and worship. And it's just all just fucking bullshit. And I think everybody's over it. Everybody's over it. anybody who has slightly, a little bit of a brain. We're all, and I saw you, you said some companies are starting to, or you said a second ago, some companies are starting to, uh, you know, raise their, their entry level wages at Starbucks is now $23 an hour for entry level, which is like amazing. Um, uh, so, but you're right. The the prices of things are going to go up. Yeah, it's crazy. Like uh, that, more that's money like, that I make. That's double what I made when I worked there go, like ten years ago. Gonna uh, go work crazy. for Starbucks now. You should, man. It's uh, they have yeah, good benefits. Jeez. Um, now crazy. the question is: Is if yeah. are they gonna have profits take a hit, or are they gonna raise their prices exactly to cover the compensation? I think that's oh, where we're raise prices. It's yeah. already happening. Where like they're oh, because of supply chain issues, we're raising prices here and there, and then and then like you look and like the companies made record profits all year. Right, so they're not going to dig into their own coffers to you know to pay for these employees. It's going to be passed down to us, and you know that should be a crime. <laughs> right, Absolutely. I agree. That should be. They should have legislation. They should be going after that. Yeah. There was a. I don't know. Wasn't there a study? Socialist. <laughs> uh, I don't know. They if like if McDonald's were to raise their minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour. I mean, this is like back when the fight for fifteen thing was really big. I think they would only have to increase their. This is just me, my memory. You can Google it, whatever. But I think they'd have to like only re- increase their general prices by a few cents per item. It's really ridiculous. Like it's all very greedy and. 
Uh, it's mostly because people aren't standing up and demanding what, what we deserve. And that's, and we're, we're, we're going to be given what we ask for. Basically. I, I feel like that's a little bit of victim blaming. Like people only, you know, when you combine the lies and the, um, threats when, you know, our, our corporate overlords control, you know, whether or not we're homeless or, or we eat our next meal and they're also lying to us and, and limiting our, our power in such, uh, meaningful and creative ways. And I, I use that in, you know, a negative sense, but, uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it's a, a, a noxious combination and it's a tough, that's another tough virus. That's tough to be back. Well, yeah, that's right. It's tough yeah. to have solidarity amongst the workers when society has become so like individualized and like, you know, I, I don't know, almost feels like selfish. Um, like people are worried about me and, you know, what I they lie and they weaponize against us against each other yeah. as opposed to, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's a story as old as, as capitalism is, you know, uh, convincing the the working class and and the lower class that you know you're poor because that other guy's taking your money not because of me and don't look at the man behind the curtain right it's the immigrants that are taking your jobs right. and the, this and that like all that it's all bullshit you know it's yeah. it's literally all to keep us you know fighting with each other instead of going fuck you boss yeah. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. like, absolutely yeah and uh, i didn't intend to victim blame there if it sounded like i did chris i agree with you um you just put it more eloquently than I could. Uh, uh, but anyways, let's play your uh, your song here, Dirty Water. And again, go get this because it uh, is all for a great cause as 10% of the prof- uh, profits from this album sale goes to Flint Kids Fund and Sylvester uh, Broom Empowerment Village, right? Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, and where can people find, so you're on Bandcamp, obviously and social media, debt neglector, your rotation on Adobe radio, anywhere else people should go. Spotify, uh, Facebook. I don't know. That's that Facebook's a hell hole. Never mind. And, um, and this is for like people who like, uh, like no effects. We're, I, I'm a big fan of no effects. You guys are inspired by that. Um, uh, who else like are, are your big influence? I know this is like a shitty question to ask and terrible question. No, but uh, like I mean, if, if people like so no many. effects, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll like you when, you know, uh, um, descendants. I love descendants. Ooh. Um, Dillinger four, you know, um, the clash, the, there's like one song that sort of reminds me of the clash that I was trying to rip off the third nice. song. The record. <laughs> um, I don't know. Lots of stuff. Just punk rock. Good old you like mission rock. of Burma. I never really got into Mission of Burma. Oh, interesting. I thought I heard a couple of Mission of Burma influences there, but I've just been listening to some Mission of Burma lately, so probably just projecting on the mind there. Yeah. 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 All right, Alex, we appreciate you coming on and uh, good luck with the band. Hopefully we can catch up under better circumstances and we'd love to have you on any time, man. Come back and we'll we'll just chat about what's going on in the world or if you guys have something going on, uh, you're always welcome. Cool. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Good good fight, man. Yeah. Thanks for what you're doing. Here's Debt Neglector and Dirty Water. It's news to us on IW Radio.
country wrong. We are back. It's news to us on Adobe Radio. And uh, all right. We have to get to our dirty deets, right, Jason? You want to do it at the end of the show? Yeah, I was thinking. Okay. I mean, do we have time? <laughs> I think we have to do it at this point, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we only have five minutes. <laughs> it's going to be down and dirty deets. All right. Well, let's do through the bad news of the world. Let's do it. How much damage can we do here in, in a few minutes? Here we go. The Dirty Deeks. An in-depth look at this week's most important stories. I know we don't have time for it, but like it'd be very zen to think about like how much damage Donald Trump was able to do with just a tweet, like a haiku. That's and, uh, honestly like, inspiring yeah. in a weird way. Thanks. All right. You're welcome. Yeah. All right. So... The question is, is democracy in danger? Today, the International Institute for Democracy and Electoral Assistance, an intergovernmental organization that works to promote and advance electoral processes worldwide, issued the latest warning about the condition of democracy in the United States. It, in the report, it included that our country, the United States of America, is suffering from a severe and deliberate kind of democratic erosion. All right. Um, good words. I don't like any of those words that you just said. Um, can you redo that again in more uh, beautiful words that are not as threatening and intimidating? Anyway, to do that. I think DJT rubbed off on you. Some more beautiful <laughs> wor- it's a, words. It's going to be a beautiful uh, decay of democracy. You're going to love our erosion. Uh, the best. Uh, that's Look at the erosion of the Grand Canyon. It's beautiful. Thanks we wouldn't th- have the Grand Canyon without erosion. NBC News. We have to source that there. That we what you're reading. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah. Thank you, NBC News. But yeah, so I mean, this is actually so gerrymandering has reached a new level of what the fuck is going on when it comes to the 2022 or uh, yeah, 2022 midterms coming up here uh, with the Republican party drawing districts that are just out of control that will put the minority party in many of these States in winning positions within their representatives in the state. I mean the house and their state and local governments. So it's uh really scary stuff. Actually Jim, Jim Crow 2.0. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, there are other states that are Democratic controlled that are being gerrymandered as well. Sure, yeah, and, and I'm not saying but this is a Republican much, only but, party uh, issue, but uh, Democrats do gerrymander as well. However, Republicans are way more aggressive, and they're looking to uh, essentially dismantle any voting power the average voter has if they get their way, um, which it looks like they are. Which is really scary. I mean, not only is it through gerrymandering, but it's also through legislative voting rights and um, voting laws that they're enacting. Yeah. Um, they're making it harder for people, minority people to vote. Yeah. Um, they're, make, they're making it where it's a felony if you give someone uh, a water or a snack in the voting lines in Georgia. Like, they're not making it easier. They're trying to purposely make it harder so less people vote. And they're intimidating people to go vote. Absolutely. This is, this is, this is happening and it's something that we should all be aware of. What can you do to combat this? Well, you can take a look at your, your local government and see who's in charge and who you can contact 
That's what they say. That's what they advise. When I read these articles, like, what can you do? You can contact your local representative. Well, if my local representative isn't, is gerrymandering the shit out of everything, what are they going to care? So what can we really do here? Uh, except I don't know. Once the, the majority is being ignored in this country, it's people are going to rise to the streets and demonstrate in big ways but we can get ahead of that now. How? I don't know. They say contact a representative bullshit. That's not going to do anything. What do you so, suggest, Eddie? Uh, I I think we have we have to have a wide range awakening of everybody realizing how fucked up all this is. There's going to have to be large demonstrations like we've never seen and worker strikes. Like there's no way to get around this. Like we have good. to shut that's down the economy. Yeah. Do you like guys that. feel that's that that's happening? Like, do you think um, that people are being are becoming more and more fed up? I am. Right I'm, I'm really fucking center, fed like, up. I'll I'll stop working. I don't care if it saves I think democracy. People, I'm, I'm. Yeah, go ahead. I think. Yeah, no, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you, no, but, yeah, I was, I just, think people, I was just ranting. Yeah, people who have uh, access to uh, untainted uh, sources, you know, are getting fed up, but. Um, this all goes hand in hand with the disinformation machinery that has been built up, uh, you know, around moneyed power and the Republican Party and, uh, uh, you know, autocracies around the world, you know, and, uh, you know, pe- people can't get mad about what they don't know about or what they're being lied to about. Yeah. So it's this that's this very dangerous uh <clears throat> you know nexus this combination of forces that are are self-reinforcing and and it's this very dangerous cycle and it's getting harder every damn day to to uh, push back against it. Yeah. And but there's no in- easy answers here, folks. And, no. And it's and I'm afraid very, I'm afraid of where it's headed. Because it's a very dangerous moment. Very dangerous. Don't underestimate the danger. It, this is a, like, do you ever wonder? Yeah. Do you ever wonder you're gonna wake up and be like, I fuck, did for man. a while, but now I'm like, no, I'm wide awake. This is real. Like, yeah, no, yeah, I've. Well, I feel like I'm gonna wake up to like a goddamn apocalypse. Awake. I do. You guys feel like this? I'm. I'm kind of like. I have a lot of oh, anxiety yeah. over everything happening. I feel like I'm gonna wake up one day and there's gonna be people charging down my block with with like fire torches and handguns oh, and yeah. I, I am and it's going to be fucking chaos. I yeah. feel like that's where we're headed and I'm terrified. Like, I don't I, think that I was, I hope I was, I'm wrong. You're but wrong. These are the that's worst case happen. scenario things that run through somebody's mind. Uh, uh, why do you think I'm wrong? Put me at ease because <laughs> I, I freak out sometimes about it. I go to worst case. I go to worst case. In the history of the United States, like there's always been turmoil. Like we were fortunate enough, like in our childhoods and like early adulthood, we didn't have as big issues, even though like nine eleven happened and and things like that. But like, I mean, the United States, the Cold War, like things have always happened. Uh, it's how the people come together in this and and the the misinformation's the the most threatening, I think, to us. As a republic, that's absolutely true. Uh, I w- Go ahead. 
I want to read something I wrote. I was just riffing and, and kind of joking around, but uh, I wrote this as like the dust jacket to a science fiction novel wrote in like the written in the 20th century. And it's uh, in the future, a devastating plague ravages humanity. Technology oligarchs manipulate democracies to line their own pockets. The poor turn to demagogues to control the media, spreading deep fakes so convincing people can no longer tell the difference between truth and lies. All the while, environmental cataclysm threatens to destroy them all, turning Earth into a charred husk, a smog-choked wasteland where islands of plastic the size of continents poison the seas. The masses seek solace in the virtual worlds of cyberspace while the oligarchs race each other to escape the planet. Welcome to the year 2022. Oh Can the God. digital resistance save mankind, or is it already too late? When did you write that? I hope it was 10 years ago. Yeah. A couple, couple weeks ago. Okay. Ah. Well, it's so accurate because of the metaverse and, uh, and you know, that people are, they, they want us to plug into this virtual reality while they fucking... Uh, destroy us. Burn it all down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you do it? Do what? Burn it all down? No. Would you plug into a virtual reality to escape? Uh, we do every damn day. Every time yeah, you we're watch ar- we're, we're already doing it. It's it's just not as immersive yeah, as you know, they want us different. to be. I mean, no, yeah. it, you're saying it's different. Uh, and it the is. Matrix. Uh, you need to log into the Matrix. It's not going to be that we're not that far from that. That's what the metaverse. Are you gonna? Is yeah, I know. Are you gonna take the green pill or the red pill? I'm gonna go all the way into the matrix, man. Fuck this place, right? Yeah, I'm jumping ship. I'm <laughs> out of here. Upload me. Yeah, we'll let our guests fight for our rights while we're uploaded. As I'll right, just, so I'll, Chris just, is I'll just be shitting Eddie? myself in a tube while the other guy is doing all the work. <laughs> Eddie, uh, are you Eddie, not no. uploading yourself? I uh, do I upload myself? It depends on my mood during that day. I don't know. But you will eventually. Eventually, you'll be like, <laughs> eventually. yeah, today's the day. Yeah. This feels like an upload day, and then I feel like I might have a little bit of fight in it. me, but give up pretty easily. Here, here. All right, as you put the pill in. Yeah, this, this, this isn't right. I'm You're like, ah, oh, fuck this. Anymore. I either shoot oh, myself. Drop it. Oh, nobody move. Nobody move. I either do uh, something it's got dust on it. All right, 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 right. Can I get a clean one or I'll just blow it off? I'm so not even going to be in this roll. body anymore once I swallow. It's fine. Yeah. Real quick before we end the show, we have to get to this because we did tease it. This is like the only story we actually teased. So I feel like we have to play it. Uh, actually, we teased too. The one about the, the guy who got stuck in the landing gear. <laughs> I feel like that happens every two years. All right, we can get that next week. Uh, landing gear guy next week. How about the the guy who masturbated during the the TSA checkpoint? Was that a ill advised like social commentary, or is this person like schizophrenic? You know, that's a great question. I'm sure this guy is definitely not sound of mind. It's just is very scary because when you go to the airport, you never know who you're going to encounter. Or what the situation may be. <laughs> oh, did he have fluids more than 3.4 ounces? <laughs> Absolutely. And that's why he started We're going to, out on that. We're going yeah. out on that. Yeah. Well done. Uh, let me. Uh, did he take his shoes off? 
<laughs> All right, here's this story. Uh, Sometimes it's fun to leave your shoes on. That's I, I think I can now play the the clip with us being able to talk over it. By the way, so let's let's try this. This I'm, Minneapolis I'm man is facing charges after TSA workers say he threatened them at Minneapolis St. Paul International Airport. The Hennepin County Attorney's Office says Frank Towers told a TSA employee he was going to kill them then ignored officers' commands to move away from the checkpoint, swinging at them and continuing to fight as he was arrested. The TSA says surveillance video from around an hour prior to the checkpoint incident shows Towers punching and headbutting TV screens at the airport, taking off his clothes and touching himself. His charges include assault. Where did he touch himself is what I want to know. Like, ah. Uh. Against a peace officer and making threats of violence. I mean, what was it like on his... She didn't say. I, I got to say... Based on the pictures alone, I can't say it's not Louis C.K. Right. Like, it doesn't look exactly like him, but I think we should put out a CPB just to be safe. Uh, You know, I'm going to be kind of... um, APB, whatever. I I mean, Louis... Anyways, that's another topic, but go ahead, Jason. Well, I, I just, you know, after, like, hearing the story, I feel... Bad because obviously this guy is suffering from mental illness, and we shouldn't make fun of mental mental illnesses. I mean, with we're, reckless. Yeah, we're all suffering from mental yeah. illness. Mm, so. Yeah, I know, yeah. but you know, I like, mean, I am too. So we all are. Chris is. I'm sorry to be a Jason Debbie Downer is, here. I mean, everybody here is. That's why we do this show is to escape it for a brief period of time. Um, mm. Uh, I snap you right back to it. Yeah, now you brought me back in, and I'm going to spiral. I'm so cancel sorry. Culture. I'm going to start masturbating. Okay. Did Jason just cancel us, Eddie? I I don't know. Disregard for risk, both felonies. Katie Johnston for CBSN, Minnesota. Well, there's that story. Um, mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the guy obviously had some issues. But it, it, but it's interesting because uh, we aren't we aren't taking care of people. People need to be taken care of more, and we I don't suck, take care. Man, of I'm, I'm uh, very I'm, sorry. I'm going down. Jason. We just really got suck. out on three point four fluid ounces. I know. I know. Saying. That was great. All I'm saying is uh, the mics off there. Yeah, we have hmm. to. Take care of each other. Check in on, on your friends who may be flying soon. <laughs> Take care of yourselves and each other. Call a friend if they're well, going to the be Well, the whole flying. world's a fucking Jerry Springer episode now, so why not? <laughs> if you know of anybody who may be boarding an aircraft, ask them if they feel like masturbating before they get on the yeah. plane. Do that before you leave home or in the airplane bathroom or in your seat covering your lap with a, like, a some sort of raincoat. If you have the road to yourself, and maybe, I don't know. I don't know if there's any way to do that properly. Raincoat? Bathroom? I don't Bathroom. know. I'm not going to fall. I'm still at a joke, one of my favorite jokes from 30 Rock. There's a line about uh, oh, okay. what a man does under a rain poncho at a minor league baseball game is his own business. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> See, I mean, like, even 30 Rock made jokes that can't be made anymore. Right? Yeah. I mean, no, we, 30 we, rocks edgy 30 rocks great I it actually really rocks. is I, I was I, I listened to some weird uh random podcast with some, some writers from 30 rock and they're like yeah we couldn't there's no way we could do a lot of the shit we did back then yeah which it is, wasn't even that long and ago it, and it wasn't even that long ago uh, like we're all like so worried and sensitive and we don't want to yeah. like say anything at all that might you know 
Yeah. I realized I don't care so much if I offend somebody. I just don't want to hurt anybody. But we're all so damn offensible. Like, like if I offended somebody's sensibilities, that's one thing, really. But, like, I don't want to hurt anybody. Those are two very distinct ideas to me in my head. Absolutely. Like, if you're shocked, shocked that I said something, I'm like, buzz off. Right. But if you're like, that hurt my feelings, that I don't want to do, you know? Isn't that weird? Like, like people can be offended, so, um, you know, uh, media in general and entertainment, like, industry, like, they're trying not to be offensive anymore. But then, like, as individuals, like, uh, private citizens, like, they're more candid and more, you know, offensive than ever, I think. Right. Yeah, why like, are we letting... Total the- lack of respect for, like, other human beings. Yeah. Like as a yeah, private uh, person, but like, like I think corporations, media, like the you know, the business side of it is as PC as ever, right? But it's, it's a, so it's, weird. I mean, it's, a, it's such a I, weird I, dynamic. To play devil's advocate, I, I mean, like, I have to say, like, a lot of groups that have not had a voice are now having a voice, which is really good. So I I support that, and um, you know, at what? At, but at what? At what point? I mean, there has to be true equality before we can all rib each other, right? I I, I don't know, but we like that's human nature to like. Isn't satire an important yes, like weapon toward equality? In my mind, maybe I am naive or or like justifying something, but uh, in my head, I always thought that that satire was one of the most important tools or, or, or weapons at uh, disposal at the disposal of people who, who do want to advance things. Right? Yes. You can, I know. I, I, you gotta I, pour a little I, bit of I agree. Pour a little alcohol on the wound in order to disinfect. But you're right, because I feel like there are points in my life where I want to be satirical about something, but I'm also yeah. thinking too much about feelings and I know like the right has the same complaint. So this is where I identify with the right in this one area. Yeah. Uh, Cause Chris makes a great point. Uh, satire is important to advancing society and looking at ourselves in a critical eye. It's yeah. I, I think that there's been so much blatant and rude rudeness and disregard for just any sort of respect at all on the far right Trump administration like in particular but not just them really just the right wing up and down spectrum but um yeah I think that there's been a like a like a reaction or, or counteraction or whatever to try like to balance that out, but instead of balancing the people who need to be corrected, it's just an overcorrection of people who otherwise were, you know, trying to be decent anyway. Right. So it's interesting. It's yeah. It's the self-flagellation because you can't do anything about the toxicity that's out in the world. Man, how did you get here from uh I don't know the guy touching himself in the TSA line? Like 
really went deep here, guys. I yeah. think because we haven't done a show in three weeks, we just like had, mm. a, had a blow off some steam here. But all right. Yeah. I know um, I got more than 3.4 ounces in me to get out. Mm, mm, mm. And That's for a private session, Chris. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. We'll see everyone. That's for our, our video uh, uh, viewers. That's not, for not, it's news for to us. Streamers. Only for it's news to us plus subscribers. Get that. <laughs> get us anytime, anywhere. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll see you next time. Guys, coming at you hot. Yeah. Yeah. Respect, that's a bunch of malarkey.